0: Thank you for joining us. This is another podcast of Breaking Down IT with Steve, and I have a special guest for you today. His name is Eric Swanson. He's with Cardinal Services and a good uh, good friend of mine. He deals with the HR and payroll nonsense that uh, no uh, small business owner likes to deal with. So Eric, thank you for joining us today. And uh, why don't you give us a little
1: introduction? Thank you for having me, Steve. I'm glad to be here. It's always fun to talk about what you do and, and how you do it. So you'd like to have a little bit of background about me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where'd, you, where'd you start? Well, I was born and raised in the Bay Area of California, and my father worked for U.S. Steel, and my mother was a, a children's protective services social worker, and they were both professionals. My father got a job transfer, which was pretty pretty seminal for us, uh, going from the Bay Area to moving back east. You know, I remember he pulled out a map and he said, "We're going to here in Pennsylvania," and you know, clear across the country. And it felt like, honestly, that like the Russian front. You know, I was going to the 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 the, the dark you know side of the, the tundra, and. Uh, and I'd never really been uh, back east, and so I moved back east to Bucks County, Washington's Crossing, Pennsylvania, north of Philadelphia, and it was a cultural shock for me. It was a, quite a, a, predominantly a middle and upper middle class area, and it was a college prep middle school and a college prep high school, and it was practically a private school but it was public. I remember there was a a school handbook, you know, like, you know, the rules. And it it almost felt like I was going to like a British, I think they, you know, the British private schools, I think they call them public schools back there. But I I really got leveled up starting in my sixth grade year. And and things really started to kind of formulate for me in terms of college prep. So I went to Duquesne University in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I chose Duquesne because it was I got accepted, uh, and... uh,
0: (laughs) That's a good reason to go.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you know, and I was looking at colleges in and around the Philadelphia area, you know, Temple, St. Joe's University, and things like that. And uh, I heard about Duquesne University, the law school, I was thinking about going to law school. So my dad had a colleague that worked at, uh, that had gone to the Duquesne Law School and so I went to Duquesne. My dad was a, an employee of U.S. Steel, Pittsburgh is U.S. Steel and so I, I really had an affinity for Pittsburgh and plus it was three and a half hours away by car. My parents didn't really like to fly so they weren't going to just stop in uh, unannounced uh, on the weekends. So they were far enough away that they wouldn't just stop in and close enough that I could go home on the holidays and maybe drive home and whatnot so and get a little food and yeah, uh do your laundry
0: yeah and, and I never did that I mean cook
1: meal yeah I never I never did that I basically just stayed at, at college and my parents didn't you know traverse all the way across the state to see me unless they were picking me up or dropping me off uh for college and so uh I went to. I joined a fraternity my freshman year of college, uh, first semester, and because my roommate was a, a legacy, and he knew he was going to get in because his brother was a senior, and. I didn't go to college thinking I was going to join a fraternity, but I joined a fraternity my my freshman fall semester, and within a year I was vice president of the the chapter, and then I became president of the chapter, and so it really, I got some, surprisingly, some leadership experience and leadership opportunities that I didn't actually think that I would ever have. And around my senior year of, of college, my uncle out in Oregon at the time, when I was going to college in Pittsburgh, Duquesne University. He had been sending me in the mail these uh, flyers and brochures about career development, and you know what I consider going into business with him in this fledging. A privately held staffing franchise called Express Services at the time. Now it's called Express Employment Professionals. And I know them. Yeah. yeah. And i uh, He was one of the original, my uncle was one of the original franchise owners of the, the company when it was founded. They were founded in 1983 as a privately held company, Express Services, temporary and permanent personnel. Back then they were called and it was a franchise operation. And so he was like franchisee number 23 or 24. You know, now they have five or 600 franchises worldwide. So I graduated. Way to college in, in the, the spring of 92 got a job working for state chemical manufacturing company it was a territorial sales job that I was excited to have it was awfully difficult and hard. I was working out of my car, working out of my house uh, for a Cleveland-based company, and I had co-workers that I would see every week and whatnot, but I was really on my own and alone, and I didn't have any identity um, in terms of an office and and co-workers. And back then, in 1992, uh, George Bush Sr. was president. The economy was awful. We were in a recession. This was before Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton, and uh, my friends uh, went back to grad school. They, They couldn't find jobs, to be quite frank, so they went to grad school, got their masters and doctorates and whatnot, and I, I, I got a job, and so I worked with State Chemical for about a year. My parents were out in Oregon, and, and at this point, I hadn't seen my family out west for almost 18 months. And I was bored. I was, I was tired. I was frustrated. I wasn't making any money at all, barely making my 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 rent and my car payment. And my uncle said, "Hey, you know, what did you, what would you think about coming out and joining me? Not working for me, but actually being a full-fledged partner in this franchise." Can you scare up a little bit of money? So I did, and I bought into the franchise, but I also learned what sweat equity meant in business terms. Sweat equity basically meant my equity that I would be putting forth would be the work that I would be putting in. And my uncle was able to purchase the franchise, we financed it out, and created an S Corp. You know, then I became the general manager, 40% shareholder of a partnership uh, that at the time I thought I was the largest shareholder, but my aunt and uncle also were. Equity shareholders, so really I was a third of an owner of a company, uh, and I was in my 20s, and they were in their 40s, and so uh, generationally, uh, as we grew the business over the next nine years, I remember my uncle telling me at the very beginning when we incorporated and we got a lawyer and we had articles of incorporation, we had bylaws, uh, you know, for a two-person company, uh, you know, three-person company, my aunt, uncle, and me, but they were in Pendleton, Oregon, and Hermiston, Oregon, where they lived, and I was in Salt Lake City, Utah, so I had to do, I had to do it. It was me and I had to hire the staff in Salt Lake. I moved to Salt Lake in 1992, November of 92. I actually touched down into Salt Lake City on November 4th of 1992, the day Bill Clinton became president. I remember being snowed in in a blizzard on I-80, and I think it was Casper, Wyoming. The night before the election, November 3rd, I remember that the freeway was shut down, and I was in my my four-banger Jeep soft-top Wrangler uh, a little chilly. Yeah, a little chilly. <laughs> a little and, chilly. Uh, it, it was cold, uh, but you know, coming from Pittsburgh, it was you know, it, it was it was cold enough. But so I remember these things, um, you know. And when Clinton became president, the economy really started to open up and change. Uh, you know, he revolutionized, you know, the tax system. Uh, he brokered a deal with the House of Representatives and uh, Newt Gingrich. I remember at the time, and so uh, he got a lot of people off welfare and got them back to work, and the economy exploded. And all ships rise with the tide, and I benefited from a a ramp up in the economy in Salt Lake City from 1992 until I sold the franchise in 2000. They were basically ramping up and building up and preparing for the 2002 Winter Olympics. And so I was in a gold rush, wide open, vast, massive valley of a city called Salt Lake City, and that was my market. I ended up being one of the largest staffing franchises for Express in the country. I was a 23 year old. I sold it when I was 30. So I was, actually, well, no, I sold it when I was 31 or 32. So I'd been in Salt Lake for eight and a half years. Took it to what was then called a Circle of Excellence office, which was we were in the million dollar a year gross margin range. And I was the youngest franchise owner. Now, the only reason I was allowed to be a franchisee was because my uncle had owned at that time three or four different franchises. And so he was kind of overseeing and mentoring me. I would not have on my own at 23 been allowed to buy a franchise, I wouldn't have been approved. So I got great gift that I knew somebody who could help me go into business. I had probably on, I could count on one hand, maybe two hands, the number of times that I'd ever actually spent time with that uncle. I grew up in California and Pennsylvania. My family's from Oregon. So, you know, the way I kind of spun it was, yes, he's my blood uncle, but I can still have a business relationship with him. You know, I I I, I think it's, it's safe, it's okay. And it did, it worked out real well. Now, my uncle and I did have a falling out, um, and he was right. He told me at the very beginning, we're gonna have a falling out at some point, based on finance financials. You're going to want to grow the business at a certain level, and we're going to want to stay status quo and just pocket the money. Uh, You're going to want to reinvest it. We're going to want to make the money. And that is what happened. I was still in my late 20s and early 30s, and I wanted to grow, grow, grow. I wanted to take the profits, reinvest it in the business, open up more staff, open up more business. And he didn't really want to do that. And I understood that generationally. So I sold him my shares, met a lady, had a baby got married, moved to Portland, uh, in that order, uh, basically relocated to Portland. I've been here since 2000. And I've been in my industry space doing professional employer organizational services, staffing, uh, what we call PEO, professional employer organizational services, really since 1992. So this really is all that I know. I'm passionate about talking and coaching, mentoring, with business owners because at 23, I was a business owner and knew nothing other than sweat equity and my energy. And you know, if you have energy and gumption, you know, you, you can coach up everything else. And so I, I had a little bit of a gift, but I, I was a salesperson, so I was driven to grow. And I've, I left that opportunity, came to Portland, and was recruited by a large privately owned staffing company and i worked there for 10 months and i didn't ask enough questions about the profit and loss statement up front you know hey are you guys making money you're profitable i was excited about the salary they offered me and the corporate gig i could work downtown in downtown portland i was a big shot and i worked there for 10 months the company was was failing financially and so i pushed the eject button And I called the the chairman, CEO, and largest shareholder of a publicly traded company called BBSI, Bear Business Services Incorporated, and I treated it like a sales call. And I knew my job was ending at Northwest Staffing Resources. I was a co-executive director, co-managing director. The CFO and I were were running this $40 million a year. Uh, I think at the time we had about nine branches across Oregon, Washington, California, and Idaho. Co-managing director, great title, good salary, the job was ending. And so I called this publicly traded company that's now located in Vancouver, BBSI, and I just called the CEO like it was a sales call. And I said, your stock price is not exciting. Uh, Nobody talks about you in the city. You're a publicly traded company and you're not really even a competitor. How's that working for you in a matter of speaking? You know, are you serious? And you got the job? And I got the job. And, and he, I was on a Friday, I talked to him, he called me, I left him a message on Friday, he called me on Monday and he said, when do you wanna come in and talk? I came in the next day, Tuesday, to talked to him for four hours in a room like this and he offered me a job on the spot and I was there for 17 or 18 years. And so I've gotten a corporate experience, a publicly traded experience, I've worked, I've owned my own business um, and I believe, kind of come full circle, what I love doing is talking to business owners and hearing their struggles. Their expertise is what got them into the business. That expertise that got them into the business does not really cover how do I deal with a a disgruntled employee who fails to show up every day at work or an employee that has poor hygiene. And how do I coach this person up or I need them to lift a certain amount of lifting and they're an applicant and can I ask them to do this? Or I'm doing payroll in the middle of the night and I've got a meeting at 7.30 in the morning and you're the owner of the company. And so I've been through these struggles and I I just love hearing the trajectory and the timeline with business owners because I was a young business owner and I found out a lot of this stuff on my own. And I think I have that experiential level to be able to consult with entrepreneurs at their level because I did it even at a younger level and I I know when they say everything's fine and I know it's not or when they say, yeah, I, I get it when I know they don't. Because I used to shake my head in in approval and say, yeah, I understand because I figured I'd just go back home and figure it out later. And now I can have a little more patience with those business owners and I I just, my passion is helping business owners and the employees that that they employ. There's a lot of altruism in what I do because I really think that if I can help them, Uh, get out of the way, get out of their own way, and focus on what they really do best. Let me take care of all of the administrivia. So really, in a nutshell, to come full circle, that's kind of where I am right now, is I kind of carry myself um, like a business owner. I'm entrepreneurial in spirit, meaning that I'm still working at the same company for the past five, six years now. I mean, entrepreneur, you get in, you get out, you know, and you move on to the next thing. For me, entrepreneurialism is really more about taking on new tasks and initiatives and seeing them through and then wanting to make sure that I have many more to continue to inspire me. So that's kind of how I got here today. I appreciate that.
0: So I want to tell a little story, you know, story time about Eric and Cardinal Services. So Cardinal Services actually does my payroll. Uh, They do my payroll for my company. I actually called Eric because I knew he was an HR professional. I had, now I can't say who the client is and I can't say what the, you know, the situation was because of a legal issue. But I called Eric because I had a client call me. They had an issue with an employee and called me because the office manager was like, hey, I'm not sure exactly what to do you know, how, how can we address this? I said, well, from a technical standpoint, this is the things that we're gonna do. We're gonna do this, this, and this. I said, let me call somebody and I'll call you right back. I called Eric and he gave me five, six bullet points about, hey, this is how you wanna deal with this situation. I said, you know, perfect. Thank you for being a resource for me. I called my client back. I gave them the five, six bullet points. In fact, they were already on the phone with the six bullet point, which was talk to legal. I really appreciate you, Eric, for giving me that information and being a not only a good resource for me, a good friend, and also keeping my payroll straight and doing all of those tax documents that you know I, I don't like doing and, and apparently can't do well. So thank you very much. And uh, with this, we're going to conclude this uh, podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening, and tune in for episode two. Again, we're going to talk with Eric from Cardinal Services, and thank you for joining us.